0: You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint.
1: Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint.
0: What's up, y'all? And we are here with
1: episode 30.
0: Episode 30, and I am back from my, I guess, mini-vacation. Only one week, but still.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you were missed. It was very awkward. I mean, if you've never done a one-person podcast, I mean, it is awkward. You're just basically just sitting in a room by yourself, just randomly talking.
0: I can see where that would be really tough. I mean, I thought you did a good job carrying it for the one episode, though. I I thought you did a good job, because... I don't know what I would do. I think I would just sit and stare at a wall and try to think of things to say. Because, yeah, it seems very difficult. But it's it's really good to be back here.
1: All right. Good good to have you back. So I guess I felt like I kind of missed out on some of the experience of talking about some of those hands with you from last week. Did you have any interesting hands as well or not yet?
0: Uh, So I guess we go back uh to the – so – everybody knows everybody and their brother knows that I've been on a downswing because I don't hide my emotions very well uh <laughs> we can go back to the paramount where me and you actually went and played together which it's been a while so I go to paramount and get on a table it took a little, took a, like 20 minutes and we're playing super shorthanded one two nothing big but again I was trying to Lower the stakes a little bit. I'm not in... My bankroll's not in a bad situation, but... You know, I'd rather play it conservative. Uh... I end up... What do I have? King Jack, I bet. I raise King Jack. Uh... There's a couple callers, and... Lucky enough, I flop King Jack. And... He hits a, uh, I continue to bet, there's one kind of loose player, kind of loose splashy player calls. I'm like, well, I have, his range just killed. He, the next card is, I believe a queen. I'm not certain, it was a card that I wasn't in love with, it did bring like a weird straight in there. But I wasn't a card to really be scared of either. I bet he re-raises. I go all in. He calls. I'm a little nervous. But then I announce that I have two pair. And he's like, then you're probably good. Uh, I had top two pair. He he hit bottom two pair. So I'm like, oh, thank you, God. I have been running like crap. I'm on the middle of a downswing. And now, you know, it's kind of... Going back and forth on this table, and I'm like, here we go. So he's like, "Do you want to run it once or twice?" And uh, me and you are the complete opposites. You always run it once. I always am in favor of reducing the variance, especially on downswings. Uh, and I'm like, twice. First card. I think you have King Jack. He has Queen Jack. The so he has so all the jacks are dead they'll just make me a bigger boat. Uh, he's only, de- he's dead to two queens. Uh, first card that peels off is a queen. Oh, so, God. I'm like, of course. I mean, it, you know <laughs> you're running bad when the two outer hits, and you're like, yeah, that, that makes sense. I was expecting it. Uh, and then I run out clean on the deal to chop the pot, which really kind of hurt, because you're just like, man, you it was kind of the time to double up. I mean, like I say, it's one-two. It's not the biggest pots, but... God, you when you really need that kind of double up to break your your downswing, just really. It, I mean, it just crushed my soul.
1: <laughs> I wanted to be in the room where he hits the two outer, and then on the other board hits the one outer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I was expecting it on the second card. But that's a we did that, and then so you're two tables over and I'm like we never play together so I'm trying to get over there and I slowly start moving over towards your table and finally get there and I feel like I might be slightly tilted from that one hand could you did you notice anything did it, did it seem like I was playing tilted um I
1: didn't think you were uh, tilted really um no I mean nothing out of the ordinary
0: <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh god! How, am I good at poker anymore? <laughs> I mean, you you are only slightly tilted, but it's kind of your your norm. Well, that explains the answer. <laughs> yeah. So
1: you were just out there doing your thing.
0: <laughs> it's uh, so. I, so I get on this table and I am playing fairly tight. Like like my normal for a downswing is I will tighten up a little bit, try to you know a bit, play a better preflop range. And you know not get too splashy, you know, and that's kind of how I'll usually handle my downswings. So I'm playing pretty tight and I am betting every single time I bet preflop, I get 3 bets. For, like, an hour.
1: Which is so weird in a 1-2 game, right? Like, I, you almost never see a 3-bet unless it's, like, normally, like, me, you, 3-bet, or, like, maybe, like, one or two other people at the table with 3-bet. But every open for, like, it was longer than an hour. For, like, maybe an hour and a half, two hours? Because, I mean, the session was short, but you were at the table for a lot of it. And I mean, constantly getting
0: 3-bet. So, I mean, it was very weird. Yeah, exactly, because... I don't know. I mean, maybe every hand's, a, like, maybe exaggerating, but it's, but it was pretty close.
1: Very. I mean, I would kind of think every hand, every hand you opened, you got three bet.
0: It was, it wasn't like it was one player, too. It was different <laughs> yeah. players every single time.
1: I mean, I was thinking on jumping
0: in. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. so I have Jack Nine suited. Uh, I am maybe, this might be a little bit of a loose open, because I think I was in fairly early position. I go ahead and and raise, though. I'm like, well, I think it's... Versus a table, I feel like it definitely had the... uh, I had an advantage of possible callers.
1: Um, Like you and I always talk about, though, at these, like, one-two games, one-three games, this is... Definitely not great, but kind of I think exploited that we can do or that you're able to do is kind of just play this, your same range from every seat, just just good cards, but not tightening up so so much when everyone's playing such wild pre flop hands that you know, if you're just in your top top percent of hands you'll like, be okay.
0: Yeah, like I mean I do think maybe the I think probably the static range isn't the best, but it isn't the worst. It's definitely you can do it profitably.
1: I mean, as long as people are playing stuff like jack three offsuit and six, nine offsuit and stuff. I mean, I think it's fine.
0: Which is, yeah, a lot of people had that in their range at this table. Exactly. So So, I, I bet, like, I think I raise it to 15. Seems, seems right. I don't know. It it was around there. Uh, And then, of course, I get 3-bet. I get 3-bet to 45. uh, Because I don't don't remember the exact amounts. I do remember it was three times in my bet. Because it folds back around to me, and I'm like, well, this is not a great hand to play against a 3-bet. But against... It's now 30 to win 60. I'm very live against uh, hands like ace-king, ace-queen, and stuff like that. I mean, I've got suitedness. I've got connectedness. There's a lot of hands that I could flop big against, like, an overpair and maybe stack. That's not what happens, but whatever. That, that was the plan going into it I mean, when I made the call.
1: Definitely a possibility with the hand, sure.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are a lot of possibilities that can happen. Uh, so I end up making the call. And it's a jack-high flaw But, which I'm like, okay, now I'm ahead of Ace-King, I'm ahead of Ace-Queen. Now, I should have known that not a lot of people are going to 3-bet Ace-Queen, but when you're getting 3-bet every hand, it seems like pretty much everything's in the range.
1: I mean, that was my thing, because whenever we talked about it afterward, I was like... I mean, they can't always have... The top one or two percent of hands in the normal three betting range in a one two game. So you couldn't really put them on that when you've been three bet back to back to back to back, oh, all night long. So, I mean, I don't blame you there at all because I was just thinking that, I mean, I was like, maybe it's because you didn't post your big blind. People think you're going to knit it up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like when you came in, you're like, I'll wait a hand. Like, oh, that guy's going to get three bet a bunch.
0: <laughs> Apparently so. Always. Always pay for the hand, then, when you go in. Don't don't wait for the blind to pass.
1: But I don't fault you. That. I mean, because when you hear this story, it sounds like this ha- this hand sounds strange without the backstory of that you've been literally three bet at least probably like what do you think six
0: times? Yeah, sounds I mean, about it was, right. It was it was a it's, ton of three betting. It's a uh, yeah. Oh, it sounds like the ultimate punt without the backstory.
1: That, that's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, you you do have to kind of have this backstory with this handle so it doesn't really make any sense but continue
0: so jack high flop now i am not playing the jack just to fold the jack high flop problem being is like i'm thinking okay this guy is either gonna check ace king or he could see bet like half pot problem being he bets it was either full pot or it might have been over pot which put me in a very weird spot, uh, and I mean, I could probably narrow hands down. I mean, especially it was a little bit of a scary board, but not really that much. I'm thinking, well, would aces and kings bet this big here? To you know, they'd want they'd want more value. A lot of, I mean, almost everything's just gonna fold here. So, aces and kings really didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, And then I did have the jack. I had a backdoor straight draw, backdoor flush draw. I mean, if it is, I mean, I'm live to two pair. Uh, Problem being, I can never call here. With my stack size, if I call, it's almost 50%. It might have been right around 50% of what I had. So...
1: I think it might have been even a little bit more it was a gigantic i remember thinking it was almost i mean it was basically just an all-in that's what i was thinking whenever he made that big bet for you i mean like you said it made no sense it would do the jammer fold
0: yeah so i end up putting in the jam and i'm thinking okay ace king folds and i'm at least kind of live to other things and he's he acts annoyed but snap calls and I'm like, well, oh, anything that, anything, that's, anything that's calling here without a thought, it has to be crushed. So I'm like, oh, God. Uh, I don't show. We agree to run it twice. The... He ends up having pocket queens. The board runs out with an ace on one board, a king on the other. And he's like, God, this is horrible for me. And a 10. Yeah, oh, and a 10. <laughs> so the, uh... I... But he he flips over queens, and I'm like, okay, well, you're good. And the entire table's looking at me like I am just the world's biggest jackass. Because Tyler's like, what do you have? And I'm like, I have a really good jack. Like, and then later, Tyler's like, why didn't you flip your cards over? All the really good jacks got there. King Jack got there. Ace Jack got there. Uh, jack 10, jack got- 10 got there. I'm like, well by a really good jack i mean it was a very loose term it was jack nine suited he's like oh he's like he's like why didn't you i was like well outside of just making donkey noises i don't know what the hell you wanted me to do there because it was really it it kind of was a punt in a one two like low limits game uh because I mean, I can fold to the three bet on pre-flop. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it was a I think a combination of getting frustrated with the situation, and then even if I don't fold there, I mean, to a pot-sized bet where and where there's not a ton of bluffing in one two, I can just fold there too.
1: I always kind of get not um. What kind of leads me in the lower-stakes games to make calls is sometimes, like, players I notice will sometimes just drastically overvalue their hand to where they're almost bluffing without trying to bluff. Have you ever noticed that?
0: Well, yeah, I definitely noticed that because this is someone who overvalued Jack. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I have noticed that. Uh, the But, yeah, no, uh, well, I mean... Me and you talk about this all the time, and you've got me to where I will bluff here and there, but it's still very rarely, because I still believe the vast majority of profit in low-limit poker comes from betting when you have a good, a great hand, and people overvaluing and calling down with a lesser hand. Uh, I still believe that's where just the bread and butter is to be made in poker.
1: Oh, absolutely, especially at... Um, like you said, the lower-limit games. I mean, you can... Yeah, I mean, that's just the cookie-cutter... I mean, that's just how it's done, right? I mean...
0: Yeah, because, I mean, if you're getting... Like, you got to have your edge somewhere. And in lower-limits, I mean, there is... They don't... Nobody... Bl- the vast majority of people don't bluff enough. So, you're if you're not getting the action there, what you really need to be getting is being able to stack people when you have a set or a straight-to-top pair. Or an overpair.
1: Well, and like you said, you can create your edge with um, your preflop starting hands. I mean, that's probably, if you're unprofitable, that's probably the easiest, fastest way to becoming more profitable suggesting adjusting your preflop ranges.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we talk about this because I know you had mentioned, like, your dad. Like, he's kind of likes the idea of poker. But when we're going into the analysis, there's so much, there's such a huge gap from a kind of a beginner level to, like, you know, the second or third level, fourth level analysis, that it's like, well, it, it's intimidating for someone who starts. But really, in all honesty, you can be the just a complete clueless beginner. And if your pre-flop range is pretty decent, I mean, I won't say it'll make you profitable right from the start, but it creates a, it creates one edge out of many right from the start.
1: Definitely gets you out of a lot of trouble that you can find yourself in. I mean, if you're not used to navigating flops, I mean, I've played some speculative pre-flop hands before and won gigantic pots. But I've also told the people at the table who were like, oh, I never would play that hand. And I mean, sometimes it's a disaster. I mean, i mean, I played a lot of hands. that I mean, sometimes if you mess it up, I mean, you just get stacked on a hand you shouldn't even have been involved in, which...
0: Well, and I think your case is different because you're playing higher limits, a little bit higher limits now, and you're also playing way deeper. So, I mean, like, like you'll play, like, a suited one-gapper that... But you're also 350 big blinds deep with other people who are that stack. So you're straight, or you're straight can, you know, stack their overpair. But if you're 100 big blinds deep, which is where most beginners are going to start, I mean... You're never going to have the implied odds to ever justify it.
1: Oh, you should never do it at the 100 big blinds deep, for sure. But um, here's something that I was uh, waiting for the podcast, since you missed last week, to talk about that I found interesting. I mean, I know that that hand, um, that Jack Nine hand is not the one that I'm mentioning, but because remember whenever you said like he made that big bet because like, you thought he didn't want to see any more cards when we were talking about that hand later? Wait, uh, on the jack high flop, remember, he like normally whenever he bets big, you're like, Well, aces, kings, he never has aces or kings because you know he would be missing value from a, a ton of stuff.
0: Oh, right, yeah.
1: If there's one thing that I think that you've uh kind of like taught me on, especially at live poker, is like a lot of those live reads, like the gigantic bet, and um, and then also like that one hand that we talked about a few weeks ago where like someone was talking. Like, oh, you know, I had the best hand. Like, he would never talk if he had, like, a boat. He's only talking with, like, an overpair. And that's something I think you're pretty good at. Just I think maybe just from playing so much at the bar games, maybe. But just getting those live tells, which can be... I mean, have led to me to making some pretty awesome calls.
0: Yeah, you know, which is weird, because I don't really consider myself, like, a live read type person. Uh... At all. I mean, like, I I have friends who are way better about it than I am. Uh, I just, you know, I try to go more, like, just play more mathematically based. But, yeah, there are kind of exploitative stuff you can do with, with stuff like that. Especially, I think, the big bet. Because people who bet big are... They're usually... Very polarized. I mean, it seems like they have a – usually it's a decent hand, but it's kind of more for protection than anything else, at least on the flop.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed that over – since you kind of – I don't remember what hand it was. There was a hand where we broke it down to where I think you made the read like that and led to making a pretty nice hero call. And then I made – I ended up making a really nice hero call after that doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, well, I know I had pocket aces, and it came, like, a horrible flop. And it there was one, like, it was all, like, diamonds, or it was, like, it was literally, like, nine ten jack or something. Something that you could possibly fold aces to. And it, because, and I I'd checked it, and he had done, like, a gigantic, he had pushed all in, and that was, I had ended up making the call because I just didn't th- feel like he would do this with a flop flush or something, or I feel felt like he would do bet smaller for value with a lot of hands. But that is uh, one tell that you can actually, it seems fairly reliable. I'd say big bets on the flop are more often than not, and I'm not talking about check raises. It seems like check raises are usually more nutted, but lead outs over with oversized a pot seemed like something that needs protection and then gigantic bets on the river. I usually just give them credit for the nuts usually a lot of times too.
1: Oh man. Um I had this one interesting bluff um I I think you'd probably appreciate. I uh I was in a pot heads up. The flop came uh it was like jack Jack, and then, like, 5'6", and the preflop raiser, I checked, he bet, and then I ended up check-raising him, um, with air, and then I was like, but he did that little bit of hesitation, kind of, like, actually thinking about it, so then I was thinking, well, I mean, if there's ever a time to go for it on the turn, and then, of course, an overcard to the jack comes, and then, like, just barrel for, like, pot, and then just get the fold, just kind of with that same... Whenever it's, like, a player, like, you say, who knows that, like, the check raise on the flop is normally so nutted, you can kind of take advantage of it sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, uh...
1: Wouldn't recommend it, though. I mean, it gets dicey at times. But, I mean, something you could experiment with, for sure.
0: I mean, I think it's something you can experiment with, but you have to be, like, you're you're able to, uh, ready to kind of barrel. Because I was doing this, like, a lot of the training materials and stuff right now will say, you know, you bet your monster hands on the flop. You bet your, and you will bet your draws. Or, ra- bet or raise your uh, monster hands or draws. And you kind of check your marginal hands. Which makes a lot of sense. I will say this, though. It seems like even if people think that they might be behind, I was getting a lot of call. Like that one guy, he was, he called, I mean, he might have done it unwillingly but he called your flop bet so you definitely have to be ready to fire the turn if you're gonna do it it seems like
1: hundred percent but so the hand that way I never I've, I never got your uh, reaction to uh, from last week was that uh, so I guess I'll, I'll go over the hand again just so if anyone missed it from last week uh, so I had five six of hearts I opened for 20. And a very tight player three-bets me. Um, he makes it 80. Then someone behind me flat calls.
0: So obviously you're putting the call in, right? Mm, so, I think so. Like, how, how deep stacked are y'all?
1: Um, about 1,850.
0: For the effective stack?
1: Yeah, uh, between me and the main guy, yes, he covered me, and the other guy was probably like six or seven hundred.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely. I am definitely going to go ahead and make this call then.
1: So, the flop comes: king, ten, queen, all hearts. So I flop the flush.
0: Wow! What a flop.
1: Um, and then here's the weird part: the guy who flat leads out. <laughs> Um, he bets 200 on this flop.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Do uh, <laughs> so, uh, you want me to continue? Yeah, go go ahead and continue.
1: So I'm instantly thinking like this could be like just a pair with the ace of hearts, possibly. Um, Maybe a two pair is what I was thinking out of him.
0: Right. Uh, you definitely do not expect this if it's like a like nutted flush. So I, me and you are on the same. same. Uh, this seems like a hand that's, he definitely flopped something. This is definitely not a bluff, but this is guarding against another heart.
1: So I re race to 600. Um, and then he looks shocked, aghast. And then, um, what's it called? Then I instantly the original three better re raises me all in, and then he folds after putting the two hundred in, and now it's on me. So it's, uh, I guess we were actually a little bit deeper because this um, I guess it was closer to two thousand because the big bet was just over thousand eight hundred and fifty to call. Not to call. Sorry. Total. Total.
0: So when me and you went into the tank, uh, like when you were telling me this on the first deal, we—I mean, it was a long time. I was trying to analyze this, and this is to me just super close. I think what we ended up deciding on, what I deciding on, was a call, uh, and it was basically because there's it all the Broadway cards are taken. So, I mean, you're looking at only ace-jack suited of hearts.
1: Which would be a royal.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: I mean, if Uh, you flop a royal, I mean, you should probably get paid. I mean, I guess,
0: yeah, ace-four. I mean, I guess somebody could be three-betting ace, like a suited ace or whatever. But, I mean, that's pretty rare.
1: It is rare, especially out of this type of player. And I had the ace-five, or sorry, the five blocker, which is kind of nice. Because, you know, some people will kind of splash around with ace-five suited.
0: But I'll tell you what, uh, sitting with that, make saying you would make the call in the moment and making it. I mean, I know you end up making this call, and making the call in the moment. That's it's pretty tough. So I mean, it was, it's one thing to say like analyze it afterwards and be like, okay, I can see this call. It's another thing in the moment. And I tell you what, really, uh, this was a really good call by you because I mean. The, it's so tough, because that being, you not a lot of flushes make sense here that are above yours. That being said, there's not a lot of hands that make sense, period. Well,
1: and you could just be putting your money in stone dead, which is just never a good feeling.
0: Yeah, if this is Ace Jack of Hearts, or like, or like say, shit like 910 of Hearts or something, that, I mean, that is a hand that well, I guess a 10 is out there. Oh, uh, yeah. Eight, nine. Been. Well, like eight, nine of hearts or something. I mean, you definitely could just be putting in stone dead. Uh, but I will say, like, here's the other, here's kind of the interesting thing is we make this call, but if there's one less Broadway card for the hearts, would you have made the call? <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm not sure. Honestly, the deciding factor for me was I looked at my phone and decided I'd have plenty of time to go home and play league if I bust out. So I'm going to go ahead and put this call. In.
0: That's the type of analysis you get here at the Texas Poker Podcast.
1: Yeah, I did the classic like debate, debate, debate. Look at my phone. I'm like.
0: Still early enough, I can still go home and have a good time. So, that's great. That was uh,
1: that that is that
0: is what you call fifth level analysis, right there. Yeah. So he is on a different level than everybody.
1: So that that was kind of the deciding factor for me, and um, immediately turning the five of hearts. So I'm already getting up like
0: good. You mean th- the ace of hearts? You have five six of hearts. You cannot turn the five of hearts, right? Good point. I guess that's a
1: typo right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's call, I guess, the three
1: of hearts. It was a low heart.
0: Oh, it was a low heart. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, god. I, yeah, that's man. I bet you're. I bet you just sunk to the ground when you saw that car because the only things that you were beating <laughs> that you know of just got there.
1: Yeah. So I had already gotten up and I was like, well. By, I mean, you know, I'm what I'm supposed to say. Um, and then the the river was a uh, another blank. Didn't pair the board. Um, and I go to get. I mean, I. He's like, "What do you have?" I'm like, "I mean, I told you had to flush off the flush. I showed him the flush. I mean, I'm already ready to go." He's like, "You're good." Good
0: God, <laughs> I I can't imagine the shock and just just. <laughs> joy that must have gone through your head when knowing, knowing that you pr- almost certainly lost eighteen hundred dollars, and you go from that to getting a four thousand dollar pot about
1: a little bit more. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh God.
1: I mean, yeah, it was especially since like what was it like a few weeks ago? I came with the three two hand where I got stacked with that. I mean, you don't want to. I mean, talk about not wanting to come back with the same story like two weeks in a row.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. God, yeah, that was. That, that has got to be one of the more classic hands we've covered. Because that. I, I mean, just. There's so many different factors on that one.
1: I mean, yeah, that one's one I actually tanked for quite a while with. So, I mean, it seemed like it was justified, though.
0: I mean, people call the clock sometimes way too fast. I just ran into a, a poker game where this happened. Uh,. Where it was like within a minute, and it's like a five hundred, six hundred dollar call, not as big as yours. I mean, yours justified way more. Uh but there's like I understand like if you are going to sit there and fold pre flop or sit there and tank about a three dollar call or something like that, that's one thing. But when there is a ton of money in the pot, if someone's all in for four or five hundred dollars. I understand a time game. I understand that a lot of people tank when they don't need to. But there is a time where you do need to, time to think about it.
1: I mean, definitely thinking about it is what led me to making the call.
0: And so it's, uh, like I say, I, I can see both sides of the story. But, I mean, the people who call clock within one minute of a, you know, a $500 decision. And I, I know it's a different story here in Texas where it's also a time game. So, there is maybe a little bit more pressure, but, I mean, it's, I mean, poker should be a game where you do think about it at some point. It's a...
1: I mean, if I didn't have the time to debate, if I had time to go home early, (laughs) I mean, I would never make that call. (laughs) I mean, because I was like, "Is there going to be traffic? What's the situation here if I go home?"
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of analysis that goes into that. I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, you need time to think about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know I'm calling, but no. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Uh, so that's a pretty awesome. So, so you know, I've been on kind of a downswing, and we were talking about like I'm like not playing much five five. Bankroll could probably handle it, but it put a little too much stress on it right now. And I'd been talking about uh, dropping down in stakes. So I go to College Station the other day. And I make a phone call. It's over at Texas Avenue. Really nice poker room. And I'm like, you have a 1-3 game going? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, go ahead and put me on the list. And I've already kind of committed this is what I have to do tonight is just this, is just to play poker. I've already kind of sectioned it off. I walk in there, and everybody from the one three, then gets up and cashes out. No worse feeling than that. Not a great feeling whatsoever. I'm like, oh god, this is, this is horrible. So the owner is like, hey, you got here? He's like, well, we can play heads up.
1: Wait, it was you and the owner?
0: Me and the owner. Or he's <laughs> like, he wants. He asked me. He's like, I'll play. I'll play you heads up. I'm like, I got the entire night. Yeah, let's uh, let's play heads up. So I buy in for three hundred, and then he's and then he's like tells the dealers like, okay, we're gonna play five five. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well I guess I'm here. <laughs> I mean I don't know. I mean so now I'm short stacked. Play- so I've gone from being like, okay, I'm gonna limit my buy in and you know play you know mostly one three one two for the time being until I pick things back up, to now playing 5-5 five, five short stacked heads up. I mean, did you add on? Uh, No, I don't think I did. I mean, this was, just, like I say, I was in a downswing and I was like, I'm like, uh, this is going to be what it is. And so you want to talk about just abandoning everything that you said. I mean, from going 1-3, one, one, player to 5-5 five, five heads up. But I end up running fairly decent, build up a pretty decent stack. And then he just starts, like, on a heater. And I will say, he is not much – he doesn't play poker. He's a gambler.
1: Okay, I mean, gamblers still win.
0: Gamblers still win, especially on any one session.
1: <laughs> and heads up, we have a 50-50 shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, I start out running pretty hot and take that, take some down – but then he starts just like catching, and it's kind of like going back and forth. So we are probably about even. I might be up a little bit. And I end up with Ace King. So I raise, obviously. He then re raises me. Oh, man. I bet you're just so pumped. I'm so pumped. I go ahead and push all in. He snap calls. Less pumped. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and I'm like, I, he's like, what do you got, aces or kings? I'm like, I, I got ace, king. He's like, okay, it's a race. I'm like, okay, he's got pocket pair. Uh, he, How many times do you want to run it? I'm like, twice is good. Two full boards.
1: <laughs> I'm like, five if you'll let me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hit an ace. Wait, no, I'm sorry. This is the one time he's like, We're, we'll just run it once. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I hit an ace on there, and then he shows queen, jack. So, I take down. It was probably about a 300 something dollar pot, which put me up quite a bit.
1: I mean, that's so nice cuz then it gets you rolling basically. Cuz I mean, when you buy in that short, I mean it's kind of tough at times, right? I mean,
0: Oh yeah. I mean, variance is super super big when you're when you 60 big blinds. So, you are correct. That very much helps.
1: I meant also more just, like, mental relief. Just, I don't know. I feel like I always just play a little bit better whenever I'm... I mean, obviously, when I'm up, I play a little bit better because I'm
0: winning, but... It definitely helps. <laughs> I definitely don't play the best when I'm just talking off <laughs> But, I mean, we go in after spot after spot, I, like, bet. And, like, he, fold, and like he would have hit, like, a gut, gutter, like, every single time. I mean, he is just running... I think I've had flop, I hit two pair to his straight, and I just get kind of hurt, like, back and forth. And then, finally, we get it all in again. And I've got ace jack, and he's got ace four. He's like, how many times you want to run it? I'm like, two, two full boards. He hits the four on the top board to take <sighs> down, guarantee, half the pot.
1: God, I bet you're just... So stressed.
0: I'm like, okay, well at least I'll take half the pot. He flops a, I hit the jack on the uh, bottom board, so I'm probably good. Except he flops a nut flush straw. <laughs> so I'm like, I have got all in. I have him dominated. I've going to run it twice and lose both times. <laughs> I'm like, uh, luckily uh, he misses finally on the bottom board and we end up chopping. And then take down a couple other hands. I end up positive for like 150 bucks by the end of the session which was a one stressful 150 bucks <laughs> I <laughs> of <laughs> yeah
1: i could see that that sounds stressful
0: <laughs> so yeah it was uh but yeah it kind of it was one of those that just definitely couldn't uh, i kept having it where it could have been actually a pretty big session and got them in bad spots and you know the, sometimes it just doesn't run that great So it was, uh, I was very very lucky to, and there were several times where I bluffed on the river, like two or three with all of my chips, where I had nothing and got him to fold. And he was not the type of person, you try to get to fold. (laughs) So I mean, I got very lucky there too, on those hands. Um, so it was, uh, it was kind of, but I'll tell you what, it was a different, it was fun as a different experience playing heads up. I mean, that's not something I do all very, very often.
1: I don't think I've ever played heads up at a live poker room like that.
0: Yeah, I don't. I can remember back in the day, like it would get late at night, and I can remember playing three handed several times.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever, you know, played heads. I mean, especially it sounds like you guys played for quite a while too. Oh,
0: it was good. It was well over an hour. It was like probably an hour and a half or so.
1: God, talk about a stressful hour.
0: <laughs> this is all in an hour. <laughs> I
1: was thinking you guys played for a few hours.
0: Yeah, it, yeah it, was, uh, it might have been two hours or whatever, but it's uh, it was definitely <laughs> okay. I mean, it was definitely kind of a uh, it's definitely a time. I will say that it was definitely <laughs> interesting. I mean, like you say, I I used to play heads up online here and there uh, back, but it's been a long time, so it was kind of interesting playing playing live.
1: And then, didn't you also have a big session too this
0: week? After that, uh, yeah, we uh, I definitely had a. Uh, so I'm going through a downswing. Wait, I mean, it wasn't a big session. It was, uh, well, I guess it was a big session if you're on a downswing.
1: I mean, just any wind, really, right? Yeah,
0: it's a. So I go to central texas over there in college station and i do a little tournament uh it's like a 50 dollar tournament and i bust out i mean it wasn't really it was it's kind of very kind of like a turbo the blind there weren't you didn't start out with that many blinds the blinds went up every 12 minutes I got it all in with a flush draw. Didn't hit. Nothing really interesting.
1: So I was to say this is not like someone breaking out of a downswing at all?
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I play cash after, and I I, I bust out of the tournament. I go and grab dinner, and then I'm like, "Well, are you, do you have enough to run cash?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're a, we're about to start." So I go pick up some of those hard seltzers, uh, like a 12 pack. I have had like a shit week. So I'm like, I'm just gonna go drink, have a good time. It's one two, not nothing stressful. I'll go and uh, just have a have a uh, and just enjoy it. So I go there and I'm running pretty decent, getting a lot of top pairs, taking pots down. I end up in one really interesting hand. I have Ace Four suited, and I flop the nut flush draw in a multi-way pot. I bet lead out for I believe 20 and then get re-raised. And
1: you have just just the flush draw?
0: I have just the flush draw. Now, the size of his re-raise probably does not justify it with what the amount that he's got behind does not justify a call.
1: Well, how much did he re-raise it to?
0: He re-raised it to like 70 but only had like I think maybe eighty or ninety. Where it was very short stack. He only had like eighty behind. Yeah. Okay. So it gets to me, and he's they're like, okay, it's fifty. And I thought it was fifty total, so I put my I put thirty out there, and they're like, no, it's fifty more. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh okay. Mean,
1: awkward at this point though. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, well, that thirty has a stay, right? And he's like, yeah. It's, uh, well, I'm like, well, now for 20 bucks, I can very much justify this nut flush draw. So I go ahead and call the 20, uh, immediately turn the nut flush. I check, he checks. The river doesn't change anything. And then I jam all in and he, you can tell he's in a weird spot. He's, he's, he's not loving it, but he finally makes the call and I take down that hand, but it was weird, uh. Kind of went a hand that might have, should have been a fold on the flop. Because I really don't know if I had the odds to call. I mean, not maybe. I mean,
1: you know you didn't have the odds to call. It was just a misread in the live moment that worked out perfectly. I mean, if you knew the exact bet, you'd never make the call, right? You don't. Uh, yeah, I think it'd still be close, right? Well, you didn't tell us how much you made it originally.
0: I think I only made it 20 Because I, if I thought it was 50 So it was only like a $20 bet. But... When he makes it seventy, fifty more. But
1: also, how much money was in the pot? I mean, was it raised pre-flop? And I know you said you often see a lot of flops multi-way over there.
0: Yeah, I, I want to say that somehow this was not raised pre-flop. Mm. No, it had to be raised. Uh, probably, I would usually raise this with this hand. And at twenty, it wouldn't justify a, a tw- I would never bet this big on something. So yeah, it had to be raised pre-flop. Twenty dollars was probably like a half to a little over half pot size bet.
1: Well, I mean, it, I guess it went from making a close decision, an easy one, after you put half the bet in.
0: Oh yeah, when it's twenty dollars more at that point, it's super <laughs> easy. I if I guess my thinking was usually like if your a if your ace is live, yeah, then it's fifty fifty. But this player. I don't think would ever re-raise were my aces good.
1: I guess with that live read, you'd probably make the fold in the moment.
0: I think it was like, I was like putting him on two pair better. I think he did flop like two pair or something like that. Uh, So, because I was like, well, I don't think just top pair, he would actually, I mean, he would call, he wouldn't re-raise here. And I think it ended up being right, but luckily I can make that live read that's very subtle. But I can't understand basic math sometimes. <laughs> That'll so, happen. Which, i tell you what, ended up good in that deal. So I ended up winning 255. And between that and the heads up, I guess I lost 50 in the tournament. But we kind of count that in a different category. Yeah, tournaments don't count. not yeah. really even real money. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, it's only 400 bucks. But I tell you what, there's a time where... When you've been running bad, where you just like to see some green and you see some wins in there.
1: I mean, I'd still just like to see four hundred bucks. I uh, mean, if yeah. I can get four hundred bucks, I'll take that every time.
0: Yeah, so it's a like I say, not the biggest win, but it definitely helped kind of break me out of uh, of that shell that I had kind of been in. So it's, it was nice to see green on the tracker for for uh, it'd been a minute.
1: Well it's kind of well not crazy, it's definitely not crazy, but it's interesting how those small wins, if you put a lot of them together, I mean, I mean that's how I went on a gigantic upswing was just like putting like ten wins together in a row, but they were nothing was gigantic at all. It was maybe at most a buy and a half win.
0: but well, we kind of like we discussed this. I think I kind of found a leak in my game in what I think was you used to be a leak in yours and then I kind of talked you out of it. Was always going for the big, big session. And you'd be like, well, it's only 100 or $200. i am like, well, okay, if you made $200 a day, I mean, and we played five days a week, I mean, that's 4000 a month. You'd be a rich dude. I mean, it definitely, you're definitely doing very well. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like uh, a lot, but, you know, they add up pretty big. Uh, now you need some of the big sessions to kind of supplement the losses or whatever, but I mean, still two hundred dollars. If that's your average, you're doing great.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I had an interesting session though. I guess to kind of close it out, cause we're kind of running long now. Um, so I went and played at eighty-eight. Right? Took forever to get on a table. Took forever.
0: That's a that's kind of a rarity there, right?
1: Very rarity. I mean, very rare. Just took forever. And I finally get on a table at, like, almost one in the morning. Right? I've been waiting for, like, an hour, hour and a half. Oh, God. Yeah, not a great time for me. Get on the table. I start running okay. I make, like, a few hundred bucks. Just, I actually pulled a ridiculous, that bluff I was telling you about earlier, pulled that bluff off. I mean, because you want to talk about an awkward way to sit down at the table, just stone bluff. I mean, because, I mean, he folded, uh... I think, like, second pair, he said, on there. But I was like... I had, like, four high or something. Or just literally nothing. So, I mean... But I was not... I mean, I was definitely putting in the river uh, all in. <laughs> but... Um, so, I mean... So, I was playing this session. It was kind of going up and down. I tried making a hero call, which brought me back to even, which was kind of annoying. I mean... Turns out under pair wasn't good versus top boat. So... uh, <laughs> News. Yeah. Um, and then kind of the hand of the session well there's two hands i mean this was basically the hand of the session i have eight nine the flop comes eight nine three ways
0: that's beautiful that's a beautiful flop for you
1: um some guy bets i think did I? no he checked i bet pretty big they both called
0: Okay, like, but here's the thing, is 8 nine's nice here, but what's your other, what's the other card? Because this could kind of be dangerous. Um,
1: it was pretty low. It was like, um, or no, it might have been, it was kind of dangerous, actually, yeah. <laughs> it was like a 7. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you guys can probably hear we've had to record at a different location. <laughs> Um, we've had to record at a different location if the audio sounds a little weird, but we'll end it with this hand. <laughs> oh, it's is like struggling in this new setup. Um, okay, so I flopped top two, but it was definitely a board that straight was possible. Um, so I bet pretty big, and they both call, which this one guy to my left, I mean, he just claims to be a big-time losing player. And he's just making all of the calls, doesn't care, right? Just whatever, just
0: all sorts you, of floats. Makes you feel a little bit better.
1: Definitely worth sizing up for. Yeah. The turn is a nine, so I have nines full of eights.
0: Oh, God, what a great turn.
1: The short stack jams for about 200 bucks.
0: Uh, That's freaking beautiful.
1: So I only call hoping to keep this loose player in the hand instead of raising I call, he calls behind. Um the river it's complete blank. I bet big, he snapfold saying he was only betting cuz he had a blocker to the nuts or something. And I was like okay. Um he had like an ace, I don't know. I don't really know <laughs> what he had. I mean the analysis was strange. Um I mean
0: I don't know. I mean that would have to be like a 9. I mean I it, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what could, what could be happening there.
1: Oh, wait, no. The river was far from a blank. And I just say it was a blank? It was Yeah, it was the farthest thing from a blank.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was kind of wondering. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking you told me about this hand. I was like, well, I remembered it very differently. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I go all, I mean, the guy goes all in, and he's like looking like he's like, I need a queen. I was like, mm. Like, I thought he was on jack 10 for the straight, and I was like, queen's probably not even that good here, man. But like I didn't really say it. I was just kind of like, mm. and then he calls out a queen. Queen comes on the river. He has queen nine for a bigger boat.
0: That's pretty hurtful. I mean, you have a boat, and he has only two outs to river a bigger boat, and calls for it, and there it comes. So that's uh, that's that's pretty painful.
1: So that one, that one was pretty rough. And then like basically the next hand, I uh, I had ace queen. Heads up versus that loose crazy guy, and I raise pre. He calls <laughs> the flop, comes ace four five.
0: That's pretty good. Flop for ace queen,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I bet he he calls, and then and then on the river, he I end up, um, I bet it all the way down. And on the river, I'm starting to gather chips. And he goes, well, whatever he bets, I'm calling. Because the board ran out ace-jack-10. And
0: I was not like... Not the best run out.
1: Yeah. And I start to bet, and he's like, whatever he bets, I'm calling. And I was like, I do know as a, like, um, another live read, if, like, a, a player of, like, how he plays says that, not going to be good here. So I sized down a ton and only bet, like, 110. Or 150 something like that, and he flopped four five and heads up pot.
0: Oh god. Yeah, so that was that was pretty hurtful. Do you, do you think you could check there with that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you are blocking the straight with the queen.
1: I mean, the problem is I just I've seen him call with just like ace deuce offsuit.
0: Uh, I mean. Yeah, you're kind of letting all the lesser aces off the hook when you do that.
1: There was one hand where he called, and I had like, I had ace. I literally had ace deuce, and he, and we ended up going to showdown, and I ended up winning with ace deuce. I mean, I don't know. It was a very strange hand.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: So those those hands kind of put me. I mean, I was kind of pretty frustrated after that, you know. Um, and then the uh the the final hand basically was, I had Jack eight. Um, I flopped an eight, but it was like eight nine, but then I turned two pair for the. I'm sorry, I rivered the Jack, and I and he bet pretty small, and I was like, well, I'm letting it like eight nine off. I put him on an over pair, just how the pre flop went and everything. And I ended up putting in a raise. But then the problem is I had pot committed myself to where, like, once he jammed all in, I knew I was basically dead. I told him, I was like, well, you basically just have the nuts here, like, 100% of the time, every time. So I told him, here you go, enjoy it, and called. And he's like, nuts. And I was like, that's about right.
0: We talked about this, hand, And, like, when I think we later said that it's, you can probably just call on the river with the way the runout is. Because it's kind of hard to get called by a lesser hand here.
1: Yeah, because my Jack ended up hitting his gut shot for Queen-10 for the straight.
0: Because I mean, there's Queen-10. I mean, it, It's hard to put somebody on a gut shot, but I mean, there is Queen-10. But here's the thing, is Queen-10 being available also makes it less likely you're going to get a call from lesser hands, too. Oh, and yeah. There's Jack 9 and there's uh, Jack-9, and... Yeah, I mean, it was. It's. I think this is one of those that I think we, when we got down to it and we started going into... Analyzing it, we both said it probably should just be a call on the river.
1: Yeah, but it was definitely just accumulation of frustration for sure. So I mean, I, I mean, definitely, like you said, that tilt will—I mean—can hit everyone. So
0: yeah. So that's oh, I mean, we've we've seen it happen to me, especially uh, lately. So it's you know it's it's it's, it's, all, it's hard to play your best hundred percent of the time.
1: Oh, man. I was about to end the podcast. I didn't even think about... It. I'm literally going to go play a tournament today.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to do the Prime Open, the $600 event, aren't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably going to do the 5 o'clock flight, figuring the, the other flight starts in 20 minutes. Uh, it seems unlikely.
0: Well, considering I think I'm in for like 10% of your action, I am wishing the best for you, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And then also, didn't you say we also had a sports bet going?
0: Oh, yeah. Because we never do this because it never... This podcast doesn't materialize on the day that this is going to be one of the few that we record it on the same day that we actually put it out. But right now, uh, I got the Indianapolis Colts for Thursday night football at minus four twenty three, and talked you into doing the same. Yeah, uh, most of the odds are minus five hundred. I don't know if I'd bet them at that, but uh, with uh, we left, found it on better edge for. Uh, much better uh, price. Really loving that bet. Hopefully, hopefully the Colts come through.
1: Yeah, I mean, risking a lot to win a little. So let's hope for the best. <laughs> <I> mean,
0: <laughs> hey, the, pri- the price deems it worthy.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess next week we'll let you know how the tournament goes, if everything works out and I end up making it in a few hours, like going to it. And I guess also planning on playing some quite a bit of cash this week too. So we should have – quite a bit of stuff to talk about next week for episode 31 this will conclude episode 30 we'll talk to you next week
0: (laughs) that was the texas poker podcast go ahead and rack up add time and we'll see you next week